Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to be with you another Monday evening, reflecting into this uh, rich, rich topic of our call to witness to our faith. And as you know, if you're a faithful listener out there, that from one week to the next, I have a different guest who brings in... uh, their background, uh, their living and working context to talk about how God has called them to witness to their faith. And tonight, I have Mary Jean Burchard, who is a um, first and foremost mother and wife, but also a a part-time teacher over at Chico Country Day School and former youth minister over at St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. So Mary Jean, it's great to have you with me tonight. Hi, thanks. It's great to be here. And Real quick, I told my kids that I would say hi to them. So, hi, Claire, Ben, Johnny, and Clark. See, already, Mary Jean, you are witnessing to your love for your kids, right? And this is why you are here, to talk about the gifts that God has given you in your four kids, and certainly also in Adam, your husband. We have talked off and on on this program about the importance of the sacramental life, Mary Jean, certainly Um, marriage and the call to love within marriage. You know, we've been the last four weeks on Thursday talking about theology of the body. So I thought, you know, having, having you come in and you really, I don't know if you know this, but you're, you're the first part of a three part series where I'm having um, mothers and wives come in who are raising children at a young age. And then also at, uh, you know, high school age, and then later in life age, if you will. So to have you come in and to be, to, to be doing this three part series, is really about just that continuing emphasis on the importance of married life. So with that, Mary Jean, okay, witness. This is a big, big topic. This is a big, big word. We've been talking about this over the last five months. Maybe you can share with some things with us tonight that relate to your everyday life and how God has put it into your heart to, to, love, to love your kids and your husband. So um, on the idea of witness, I think... The thing that I thought first when you asked about having me talk about witness was just that it is my job before anyone else's job to be a witness to my children. Mm-hmm. Um, that there is nothing more important that I do in my home or in my church or at my job that is more important than teaching my children about the faith and more importantly than that, having them have a true relationship with Jesus. I think that I've come to that in a lot of different ways. There's been a lot of conversions in my own life, little conversions, I think, as I've gotten older and my faith has gotten stronger but different, that I go through, you know, what what I would call mini conversions. And I've had a lot in regards to my children and um, the importance of my love for them and how I view my role as a mother as it pertains to my faith. Amen. You know, as you're talking there, Mary Jean, the word that stands out to me is mystery. And this is why. 
You know, the word mystery in the Greek, um, mysterion, literally means inexhaustible reality. Well, what's inexhaustible? His love, right? We can never exhaust the love of God. And I've always been a firm believer, and certainly one, now we can say St. John Paul II reminds us of this, that God gives us our children to remind us of his own love for us. Ultimately, and it's this wonderful analogy. And one of the ways which God reminds me is how I come to this understanding of how God loves us, simply put. You know, I have four kids. I know you have four kids. (laughs) (laughs) We tied you, right? Right. (laughs) And I'm amazed that from Colby to Avila to Isaac to Sienna, how God shows me how much more I can love. And it's, it's this, it grows. I remember when Colby was born, I had no idea that this love was inside of me. It just was like, la, you know, and with, with Avila and, and it's each and every one, it was like, oh my gosh, this love gets bigger. It expands. How is that? God says, because my love expands, because you can never plumb the depths of my love, you know, and that is to me what has always hit home. And that's what I'm hearing. I think another thing that goes along with that, and I've always felt that way, So, and you put that so nicely, another thing that goes with that for me is just getting over my own selfishness. You know, with each child, you know, I'm, I was always holding a little bit back for myself, you know, just waiting for that moment when I could do something for myself or when I could take a break. And then, you know, you have another child, and that opportunity decreases, and another, and another. Um, in my case, or any mother or parent has probably felt this way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many children you have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with each child, I've said, oh, I need this, and these are my needs. And really just recently in, um, in my faith journey, I've come to realize that I don't need to hold anything back for myself, and that's not what God is asking me to do as a mother. Um, I was talking earlier about these many conversions that I've had, many as in small and many, (laughs) I just realized, I didn't clarify. Um, You know, I was praying um, and a quote that's in a book that I've read many times is hold nothing back for yourself. And I'd read it so many times, but I'd never applied it to my own life. And I realized that society and so many different things were telling me that I deserved this or I deserve that and um, I deserve a break. And really that just led to so much um, bitterness and just anger in my, in my daily life and just the little things that I was trying to accomplish. And it was just like a light bulb went off, hold nothing back for yourself. Mm-hmm. I had been holding so much back, even though 12 hours a day I had no time for myself, but it was in my attitude that I was holding back. Mm-hmm. And... So much has been freed within me when I had when I changed that attitude, and I realized that's what God has been wanting me to do the whole mm. time, and it's been really freeing and beautiful for me. Amen. It's John Paul II's vision of uh, self-giving or or self-getting, self-seeking. You know what's what's going on there, and it what you're talking about right now to Mary Jean very much highlights this call that we have as faithful Christians and Catholics to see uh, essentially each and every moment 
pregnant with eternal significance that whatever we think we need to do later this evening or tonight will never actually be what God wants it to be if we are not present to the moment. There's this dynamism, if you will, in each and every moment that is lost because we are so preoccupied. You know, our Lord says in his sermon on the Mount, which I call his sermon on trust, specifically where he's talking about this, you know, do not be preoccupied. It's interesting in the Greek, it says, you know, do not be anxious, do not worry. The Greek translation is literally preoccupied. The idea is if we are so preoccupied, we are never going to be, we are never going to authentically give to God what we need to give to God. And that's so important. John Paul II likes to talk about Kronos and Kairos, man's time and God's time. We're so fixated on Kronos, chronology, linear time, man's time, that we're not caught up in God's time, which is grace time. And when that Kairos in the Greek invades Kronos, man's time, suddenly what we thought we were going to do tonight, what we thought we were going to do this evening changes because now God is showing you what you need to do. And how many times have we heard it? If you really want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans, right? I mean, and it's so true. It's, it's something we hear so often because it's so true. This idea that we are in control, this idea that everything that needs to be done is, is before me. Yeah, we need to schedule and we need to put things in our planners. But ultimately, we have to be careful about leaning upon Kronos and making sure that we are open up to, opening up to God's time. I think, um, yes, yes, everything you said, yes. Um, for myself, you know, there's so many little tasks that I have to accomplish in a day that if I look at everything I have to do, it can be so overwhelming. You know, I have mm -hmm. to do all the laundry. I have to do the dishes. I have to run the kids to swim team, and I have to take them to their, you know, it's summer. I have to take them to their swim lessons. We have to get to the tutor. And, you know, it's like go, go, go all the time. And I could get caught up in that and rush the kids and rush myself and always be overwhelmed and stressed and upset. But in this idea of letting go of myself, it's also letting go of that idea of man's time. Mm -hmm. You know, letting go of all the expectations that are on me given by the world. Yes. You know, yes. when God has told me in so many ways, it's important that you fold this laundry. You know, it's the thing I hate to do. I hate folding laundry. It's the thing I hate the most. But there have been times, and it's so, it's a gift of the vocation of a mother, where I have said, I am going to fold this laundry with love. And I, 20 minutes later, I feel as if I've been saying a prayer, mm -hmm. even though it's just emptied my mind and I gave myself over to it. It seems silly because it's folding laundry, but... You know, it's just all the tasks that I have to accomplish. And if I invite God into that, then there's beauty in it and there's peacefulness in it instead of an anger or a frustration that I have so much to accomplish. Um, it's really, it can be really wonderful. Amen. Liberating. <laughs> when I was in Ohio, now many of our listeners know Kimberly Hahn, maybe some don't, uh, the wife of, of Dr. Scott Hahn in, in Steubenville, Ohio. She had a bumper sticker that uh, read, 
changing the world one diaper at a time, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which all uh, wives and husbands, for those who have changed their share of diapers, <laughs> certainly can appreciate and need to appreciate because of this, you know, divine quality, Mary Jean, that is in each and every moment and how each and every moment um, ought to have redemptive power no matter what we are doing. And is this not the embodiment of the spirituality of one, of course, St. Therese of Lisieux? who used to focus on the little way, which was simply, by the way, um, her living according to Scripture. You know, God calls us, especially in John's epistles, we read this, this need to be little, you know, and and the little way is really taking each and every moment um, ordained for what it was to be, where you need to be in light of your sacramental vocation, as you talked about it in the beginning, Mary Jean, there is a priority in our sacramental vocation. You know, so many of us think we need to be doing these great things, these great missionary acts, but just loving within our own homes. There's the wonderful Blessed Teresa of Calcutta quote when she was speaking down south in L.A. You know, she's talking about what it means to be a missionary. And this uh, elder lady runs down to the stage and she kind of comes up to um, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta And she says to her, whatever you want me to do at this moment, the Holy Spirit inspired me to come down here. You tell me wherever I need to go. You know, all four foot seven and, you know, how much did she weigh? 80 pounds and she's changed the world. She comes down from the podium and she says, look into the eyes of your children and feed their spiritual poverty. You know, what was she saying in that moment? Well, what she's talking about there is that there's missionary work in the home. That... Essentially, we are the first educators. We are the ones who are teaching our children their faith. And there's going to be plenty of opportunity each and every day, as we both know, Mm -hmm. essentially to educate our children on matters of truth. And we certainly put it in a language that they they can understand. And by doing so, what are we doing? Well, according to uh, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, we are feeding their spiritual poverty. That is, we are filling up their need for Jesus Christ. And that is really our principal role um, as parents and how beautiful of a vocation that is. I mean, it's really striking. John Paul too, when he was talking about the family, he says, the family is the cell to society. Well, what is a cell? That which gives life, right? I mean, so if society is going to be what it needs to be, if we are going to restore a culture of life, then it starts in the family and it starts with love in the family. You know, we often hear the phrase, Mary Jean, the culture of death, and we mark it by abortion and and all of these hot button topics, right? But it's first, it's first the absence of love, right? All of these things that we find ourselves engrossed in that mark the culture of death come from an absence of love. And so as parents, we have this primary duty of loving them. And yeah, I'm laughing at when you talk about changing the or folding the laundry because it's my least favorite thing to do as well. And <laughs> my wife just kind of laughs at me. So yeah, seeing these things for what they are, John Paul II, he uses a phrase, love each moment in their concreteness and particularity. I love that. There is a concreteness. There is a particularity in each and every moment that God has called you to. And this is what we are to embrace in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I use that phrase, Mary Jean, relationship with Jesus Christ, because 
on no certain terms are we to see this as anything outside of that, that we are called to be in a living relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul says, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. What does this mean? Enter into conversation with God around the clock, 24-7, 365. Yes, go to Mass, prayer devotions, enter into that formal prayer. That's what vests all of those informal moments with Jesus Christ. I think, too, um, just speaking on what you've already been saying about how um, being present in the moment, I think that there's so many fruits of the Spirit for me as a mother listening to my small children because my kids are young, Mm -hmm. seven, five, um, or seven, six, four, and two. And they've taught me so much about the faith, about what it means to come to Christ as a little child and about persistence in prayer because they their faith is so real to them and so strong so much it at times feels so much stronger mm-hmm. than my own faith and the questions that they ask feel like they come out of nowhere yeah. <laughs> i mean there's so much depth to them um when my son ben was four years old he we were in church and he was looking um up at the cross and he said to me, I'm just looking at Jesus, trying to figure out what is true about him. <laughs> and then he looked at him and he said, I'm looking at you, Jesus. And it was just like so funny and sweet. And it was like, heart, it struck my heart mm-hmm. that he was already developing when he was four years old, this personal relationship with Jesus, trying to figure out what was true about him mm-hmm. from all the things that... Um, I had told him, and there's that was that wasn't me. That I really feel that that was definitely the spirit moving in in his little heart. But moments like that happen all the time when mm-hmm. when you when I make myself available to my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times it's at night when we're saying our prayers, and I just want to go to bed, and I don't want to he- I don't really want to hear all their musings and wonderings. But I I listen because. They strengthen my faith mm. as they come up with beautiful things to say about God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the language of love is often unspoken. And there's so much to be said, Mary Jean, about how, uh, especially in how we communicate that love with our spouses, how they absorb that. I mean, you know, it's cliche, you know, our kids are sponges. They really are. You know, we use, we say it's cliche, but behind every cliche is a deeper truth. And the fact of the matter is our kids are very much like sponges and they just take in, absorb everything that we say and do, because as you know, they're always watching. (laughs) They're always watching. And then when they talk about what they've been absorbing, they are, yeah, pearls of genius. I mean, I've had so many similar experiences where if it's not in mass, um, it's at home. And if it's not in the form of a question, it's in the form of, uh, of an observation. And it just, it's almost breathtaking, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, we are enriched by our kids in ways that we can never imagine. And you better believe the angels speak through them. Because if we talk about Christianity within the context of encounter, and we always need to, you know, so often on this radio program, Mary Jean, we talk about the new evangelization. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so much could be said about how that phrase is distilled in that one word, encounter. Why? Because our whole faith is about this. The word became flesh that we might have that personal encounter. And so it is through our kids. We have that encounter. And what a beautiful gift it is. You know, earlier I was talking about this love that just wells up inside of me when I'm uh, with my kids. And part of that is because the ways in which Jesus draws me closer to him through them, it's, it's so striking. It, it, it's amazing. You know, Mary Jean, as you were talking earlier, one of the things that I wanted to touch upon is the importance of not being preoccupied. I, I talked about it a little bit, but, you know, we get to the end of the day, and how do we feel about our day? You know, do we look back on our day and say, you know, job well done? Do we look back on our day and say, well, I missed so many opportunities? I think something I want to encourage our listeners to do as we were talking about this is to really, if you are not already doing it out there, to start an examination of conscience, to at the end of the day say, okay, what did I do good? What did I miss? Lord, where are you trying to reveal yourself to me in the concreteness and particularity of this moment and that moment, right? If we start doing this, Mary Jean, what begins to happen is we develop a habit of seeing more of God in those moments. And then suddenly, yeah, it's liberating. It, it, it's, it's this new freedom. Why? Because sacrificial love is what freedom is all about, right? This is what Christ teaches us on the cross. Through the gift of himself, does he teach us what it means to be fully human? You know, the, the culture out there tells us if you want to be fully human, then you're going you're to get that iPhone 5C, right? Whatever the latest is, yeah. 5S, okay? <laughs> There's such an emphasis on the progression of man in light of technology. And there's at once a de-emphasis on what Christ reveals about man. And this has certainly been a focus of Pope Francis, the need to see who we are in light of our faith, not what the world is telling us, but what Christ is telling us. You know, and I recently have been reading The Joy of the Gospel um, by Pope Francis, and he has a line in there, and I'm, I'm not, I can't quote it exactly, but that he says, go to Jesus and tell him that you're sorry for allowing yourself to be deceived in a thousand different ways. Mm -hmm. And I read that and I just was so moved by that because I feel like I have allowed myself to be deceived by the world in so many ways, especially in my motherhood, that a mother needs to do this and make the best things and you know, be ideal from the world standards where really I need to focus on making myself ideal in God's standards, which are pretty much polar opposites. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's like you couldn't get any different yeah. looking at God's standards for motherhood and the world's standards. They don't even seem to be in the same continent. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. they're so different. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that, you know, finding that joy in motherhood and really showing people that, you know, when I when I'm out, and I thought of this too when you were talking about encounters, that, um, you know, I draw a lot of attention to myself with my family because they're little, they're all little people, and it's just me kind of corralling them and their craziness. And um, a lot of people say to me, and this is kind of a joke amongst uh, other mothers who have the same amount of kids as I do, that, you know, oh, everyone always says you have your hands full. Looks like you have your hands full. 
and just all the different things that we could say when people say that to us. And I'm sure you get that all the time as well. Um, but instead of having a negative attitude about it, you know, inviting a conversation from that. Say, mm. oh, yeah, I do have my hands full and my heart full, too. Mm. Or, you know, oh, I have a, you know, using your large or not large family or even just your kids as an example to show how full your heart is. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, when I was reading about the joy of the Gospels, was so just right fitting with that, that if I make myself a joyful mother, then people see the witness that a large family can be or the witness that, um, you know, children can be in this world where it's so self-focused. If I show that, you know, I'm focused on my children, that could be a really powerful witness and one that, you know, needs very little words. Mm -hmm. Amen. And Benedict XVI, in his last volume of Jesus of Nazareth, makes a wonderful point as it relates to joy, and it really crystallizes, I think, what you're talking about right now, and it's so beautiful as you're talking about that, Mary Jean. He says this, that joy is literally the first proclamation of the New Testament, of the good news. What did he mean? Well, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, and what does he say? Kekaritomene. Yeah. Hail full of grace. Rejoice, O highly favored one. This was the first proclamation of the New Testament. So we talk about, you know, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, what is that? First and foremost, it is the joy that by its very nature, existentially, it just invites people in. And it's so important, and it's really interesting, Benedict adds that, you know, the word in Greek for joy, caris, the root of that kekaritomene, is the same word where we get uh, the word grace, that we live in God's grace. And what is the first fruit of that? Joy. And for Pope Francis, that is what evangelizes the heart. By its very nature, it is going to beckon. It is going to invite everyone around you. And that's the power behind it. And certainly, if we're not in a living relationship with Jesus Christ, there will not be that joy. So when the person comes up to you and says, well, you got your hands full, you're like, ah, I know. You know you're all <laughs> grumbling and gosh darn it. I tell you what, you have no idea. As opposed to, yes, am I heartful too? I love that. That's great. And it's an invitation, an invitation to conversation and to talk about, to talk about the beauty of the sacrament of marriage. Amen. Any closing thoughts, Mary Jean, on this discussion? Certainly the call to witness has so many permutations, but um, what you've brought, I think this evening is very important in just the love and the call to love uh, the gifts that God has given us. Uh, maybe I'll bring you back another time to talk about your husband. Yes. We didn't get a chance to talk <laughs> about that. No, no, I no. love you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Tonight and the next two weeks are going to be about, um, you know, raising children and loving children. So, you know, I just wanted one little thing I wanted to add is to never be afraid to tell people um, as a mother, if you are a Christian mother or a Catholic mother, what makes it, it joyful for you. And I've always felt a little bit of fear to say when people say, oh, my gosh, I don't know how you do it, because I do get that a lot as well. I don't know how you do it. And I just say, oh, I like it or I love it or I'm having a good time. But it takes, you know, some strength and um, grace, really, mm -hmm. some, a lot of grace to say, well, I pray a lot, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, or yeah. I, you know, God helps me a lot. I have a lot of help from, 
you know, this guy, yeah. our creator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's no easy gig. We need all the help we can get. And that's right. Thank you for that closing thought, Mary Jean. Let us close in prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And God bless you. Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.